0: It's the boy bubble let's coming through hella clutch flawless can be touch. It's your boy let's Yeah, I need that hot take. I need the truth and everything that is not fake. So tell me who's the goal, I'll tell you who's not. Welcome back, Bubble Bunch, to another edition of the Bubble Lud Sports Podcast. It is episode 251, and we are finally getting to the topic of the Denver Broncos annihilating the uh the Dallas Cowboys. In week 9 of the NFL. Um, Look, I'm pretty tired at the recording of this podcast. I feel a little off when it comes to recording this. You could say the Cowboys were as well off against the Denver Broncos. I don't know what was worse. You know, I, I watched two very tragic things on Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys game against the Broncos. And I watched Eternals. Um, it's pretty hard to decide which one was worse, but I I will probably go with, uh, the Dallas Cowboys game because at least I got through the internals movie and got to the end and said, well, I'm here now. I made it through. I couldn't say that, about the Cowboys game, I got through about two and a half quarters before the Amari Cooper drop, uh, on third down and then the fourth down conversion that was failed soon after. I went into my room and I started playing FIFA and I said, "This, I need to calm down because otherwise I would have lost my entire mind watching the rest of that game. And I'm so glad I didn't watch it because if I knew in that moment that Mike McCarthy would keep Dak Prescott and the starters on the field in the fourth quarter when it didn't mean anything, just so they wouldn't get shut out, I would have driven to Arlington at at t Stadium, uh, not even pay for parking, just literally pulled up to the front of the stadium, walked in, go in the locker room, and slapped the living hell out of Mike McCarthy. Um, I will not do that physically because uh, I may get into some legal trouble there if I start to threat uh, or threaten Mike McCarthy. So I will do it verbally. I will do it verbally as far as attacking Mike McCarthy And uh, I I don't really want to get into much of the game itself because look, the Bills, the Raiders, the Cowboys, they're going to forget about this game. These are very forgettable moments. And in a few weeks when they win a few more games, none of this will matter. It was an off day. The Cowboys, CeeDee Lamb, uh, some other players said that it wasn't a good week of practice. And... I don't have many things to blame that on other than the players not focusing and the coaching staff, but I'll get to that in a second. As far as the game goes, when you don't convert on those fourth downs early in that game and you are so predictable in your play calling, it felt like Jason Garrett was play calling this past Sunday and it wasn't Kellen Moore. This was not the Kellen Moore that I've come to love and appreciate over the last few years, Because what I saw in the play calling was just basic, very vanilla, and you know that I've criticized the Cowboys many, many times when their play calling is below average and not up to par. And this was a really bad day for Kellen Moore. It felt like they were very scared in their play calling and overconfident in the fact that. They they had a different left tackle, a different right tackle this week, and they were so confident in their thought that they could just run over this Denver Broncos defense that is one of the best in the NFL. And, and they got out coached, they got outplayed in every facet of the game. I mean, absolutely everything that could have gone wrong for the Cowboys did go wrong. That's not to discredit what the Denver Broncos did. They played a hell of a game. They wanted it more at the end of the day. And and a must win, really, for them at this point in the season. That keeps them in the hunt in that AFC West. Um, They're only like a game or so out of it. But they can make that push despite the loss of Von Miller. This was a statement win for them as far as a culture. Because many people thought, including the people in Denver, that... They're, this is a throwaway season. They've kind of given up already. Time to tank because you get rid of Von Miller. Let's just trade a bunch of our players and start to rebuild again. That wasn't the case in the locker room. That wasn't the case in the front office. This is a team that does have some good talent, especially offensively. And Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback when he wants to be. That running game is ferocious against a really bad defense like the Cowboys that can't stop running games. Um, and and their defense, it, it's the stats aren't just empty stats. This is a legit defense, despite not having their best player on the field anymore in Vaughn Miller. But you know, uh, Justin Simmons, th- their their secondary really stepped up. I, I mean, they played man on man against some of the best receivers in all of football, and they won those battles. And every play of those uh, of that day, the secondary for for the Denver Broncos played better than the Cowboys and it, the, the stats show it the score shows it it shouldn't have been 30 to 16 it should have been 30 to nothing in my eyes because those garbage time touchdowns by Dak Prescott are that's that's exactly what they are garbage time he should have had less than 100 yards in this game if it wasn't for garbage time and that's just unacceptable Dak played probably the worst game of his career other than maybe the other Denver Broncos game a couple years ago, the Atlanta Falcons game where he got sacked like six times. This was a very bad performance out of Dak Prescott. The only guy I can really say played well was Ezekiel Elliott, and he was banged up this entire game. Other than that, though, everybody has to blame. Everybody has some type of blame when it comes to this game. But moving on from this game, what does this mean? Like, d- does this transfer over to different weeks or is this just a one-off thing of like oh they just had a bad week every team has had that heat check we we've said it like kevin said it on the podcast i've said it on the podcast that every team should have a heat check game it's good to have those mike mccarthy will disagree with this in his press conference but lane banderish Micah parsons cd lamb Dak prescott they they have said like this is our reality check we have been brought down to earth As far as um, our our winning streak and our play on the field, we can't just go along and say, we're just going to beat these teams. It doesn't matter how hard we play. We got to play hard every single week. This has got to be a wake-up call for them. And um, I I don't know. I, I don't know where to go with this because I feel like I have said all the right things and have not exploited... But presented the issues that I have with this football team. This defense is not gonna be fantastic. This team still gives up a lot of big plays, a lot of chunk yardage in the running game. They is still they still don't have that consistency in tackling. They had a really good performance tackling-wise against the Minnesota Vikings, and it surprised me. But if you would have bet, if you would have made me bet on whether or not the Cowboys would be great at tackling the rest of the way, I would have gone against it. I would have said they're going to have some really bad games where they can't tackle because I've seen multiple games this year where the film speaks for itself to where their tackling is not up to par. And it was after the Carolina game, but I mentioned it a few weeks after that. It might have been in the preview for the New England Patriots game where I said that this defense is more passive when it comes to tackling. They allow the absorption of the hit instead of implementing that hit. Like they, they don't they don't have the aggression when it comes to tackling. They don't go for the hit. They more try to weather the storm or weather the hit when it comes to the point of attack. And it, it was proven in this Denver Broncos game. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, even some of the receivers, they either powered through the hit or they just evaded the tackle in general i saw multiple times in the denver broncos game to where a receiver like tim patrick was surrounded by three defenders and wasn't even touched until he got past the line of scrimmage or past the first down marker that is poor play that is laziness that is embarrassing for dan quinn to have on film And this is not just a one-time thing. That is something that will carry over multiple weeks. And if you have someone like a DJ Moore, like a Kadarius Toney, like a Tim Patrick, or a Javante Williams in this case, these guys can athletically break tackles. And unless you're Micah Parsons, who had plenty of tackles in this game and was the best player on the field despite all the issues defensively, There's not 11 Micah Parsons on this defense, and there's only one. That leaves 10 guys that are not able to tackle. I I, I saw a lot of praise for Leighton Vanderish in this game, and I will say compared to other games this year, he played better, but that doesn't mean that he played good. I saw a guy that strength-wise was having difficulty bringing a guy down for a tackle. I mean, he tried his hardest to avoid another yardage uh, or another gain of yardage, another uh, few yards gained in a run or in a pass, but you could tell that he's giving it his all just to avoid extra yardage. And sometimes he would lose that battle. Lane Van Der Esch is not a great linebacker. And despite people praising him in this game, he is not winning himself a contract in Dallas. You, you can, I, it's a Jalen Rams or a Jalen Smith effect to what we saw last year, where I saw Jalen Smith try his absolute hardest to play football, to play stand up linebacker, and, and to make a play. Unfortunately, his physical ability just doesn't allow him to be at that level. And now he is out of the league. Who knows if he's going to get another job in the NFL? I feel like we're heading that way with Lane Van Der Esch because I see him working hard. I see him playing hard. It's just not good enough. Um, another bad week for Trevon Diggs. And I think this is where we see the true identity of the Dallas Cowboys defense. This is a team that will allow a lot of yards through the passing game. That will allow a lot of chunk yardage plays on the ground. Because they still don't have, they they were able to penetrate the offensive line and get to the backfield. Even before the running back could get the ball. It was either that or a bust in coverage, bust in protection to where you allow over 10 yards per rush. It was either boom or bust there. And it's the same way with this entirety of the defense going forward. What made this defense successful is the turnovers. And really, that just pinpoints to Trevon Diggs. The last two games, they have not had a turnover defensively. And they they were able to tackle. They were able to stop the Minnesota Vikings on third down. And you saw the complete opposite against the Denver Broncos. You are not going to have the luxury of playing a subpar offense that is very inconsistent like the Minnesota Vikings like the Denver Broncos every week. You're going to have to go against great offenses going forward. You may not see it against the Giants, against the Washington football team, but that Thanksgiving game against the Raiders, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm still waiting for them to really get it together, and I feel like it'll come down to the Cowboys game to where they may get it together. Because if you can't create turnovers you see Patrick Mahomes have success. The Atlanta Falcons, who they faced this week, and we'll get to that preview later on, but they have plenty of weapons to where Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, these guys can really avoid tackles, break tackles against a bad tackling defense. And if Matt Ryan can take care of the football, which we've seen it in multiple years, he can. He can have success against this defense. But I go back to my point of, You're not going to have the luxury of playing inconsistent offenses every week. But the Cowboys against an inconsistent offense like the Denver Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater who can um, create turnovers or um, really make mistakes. And this running game that is good but not great. They had a dominating performance against the Cowboys. If you have turnovers against the Denver Broncos this game is drastically different you know it, it, it's not a matter of you stop the big chunk plays or the the big yardage plays down the field through teddy bridgewater it, it's not eliminating those completely it's limiting the amount of uh times that that happens or the amount of time that the denver broncos offense is on the field which allows your defense to get a breather to have some time to recuperate. To, to rest, and it allows your offense to have more possessions and more time, more opportunities to score. Because let, let's say that punt goes the in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. That rule is very tricky. I understand what it means on paper. And yes, if you're counting it past the line of scrimmage and a Cowboys player touches it, it is considered a fumble but they did not get past the first down marker. How do you reward a punting team that didn't get a first down by giving them a first down based on a really shaky rule? I get it though. I'm not going to focus on it and say like, that's the reason why the Cowboys lost this game. No, they played bad. But let's say the Cowboys did get the ball after that blocked punt and they have really good field position. I say you score a touchdown in that, in that possession. And then you have yourself a ball game because it's 19-7. to 7. If your defense can create another turnover or just get off the field, this game is now in favor of the Dallas Cowboys because now they have that momentum. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes down. But they had an opportunity to get turnovers the rest of the way. It's not like it just completely stops. But you see that if Trevon Diggs is having a bad day, he's giving up big yardage, which he does on most occasions, but he gets a turnover. He gets a pick six in some of those other games. Then the the game is completely different. Maybe you don't go Trevon Diggs' way. You go a different side of the field. Maybe you're a little bit more passive and a little more safe on your throws. You're not taking the deep shots or or play calling hard on third down. This is where the Cowboys need turnovers this defense relies on turnovers and especially on trevon diggs to create turnovers because without trevon diggs this season this defense would not have any Uh, like like take out trevon diggs's interceptions and pick sixes you really have anthony brown having one or two interceptions that is it but those anthony brown interceptions are influential or or, are influenced by trevon diggs so it all goes back to number seven on defense, and without him, this defense does not have turnovers. They would be bottom half the league for sure without Trevon Diggs at this at this point in time because they don't have the fumbles, they don't have the sack numbers that they should. It's all because of Trevon Diggs, and for the last two weeks, you have not seen those uh, those turnovers go Trevon Diggs' way, and he's played bad. And guess what? Now you're going to see how if they're playing against a good offense. And Trevon Diggs does not get the turnovers. This defense cannot tackle. They are going to look really fucking bad. And then you also take into consideration that this offense is going to have some off days. They didn't... I I mean, they had Cooper Rush under center. So you can't really say that the Minnesota Vikings game was an off day for this offense. It's just how it was going to be. It was a anticipation that this offense wasn't going to score a lot of points. So it was up to that defense to keep them in that game and credit to that defense. They, they stepped up, but they still gave up a lot of yards, which they will. But when you have Dak Prescott under center and you're expecting to get 30 points per game, at least, and you're not getting that, that's where the defense has to step up again and say, man, we got to get this offense going a little bit or just give them some confidence by getting them a turnover. Giving them an opportunity to have a short uh, field and at least get three, if not six. and, And we'll see where we go from there. But it gives us some confidence. It gives the offense that opportunity. We didn't really give them that opportunity this game. And Dak Prescott played bad. This offense played bad. Their protection was absolutely horrible. Terrence Steele, finally. Finally, my argument of If Terrence Steele is on the field, you do not have the best opportunity to win. And if this is a team that considers themselves a Super Bowl contender, that for me is Terrence Steele is not on the field. Him playing left tackle looked like he had just learned how to walk as a baby. He did not look comfortable and he was attacked all day long. I'm saying that without Tyron Smith at left tackle then you have no options you have no options really because i don't want Terrence Steele to play right tackle i don't want him to be on the field unless he desperately needs to i want lyle collins on the field at all times and if tyron smith is hurt this is where you needed to go in the trade deadline and you needed to get some depth some some really good starters or at least some capability at playing starting right tackle, left tackle for this offensive line. And yet, this front offense once again feels complacent in their ability with the, the players that they have. And they drop the ball again. They they missed an opportunity to get some more depth to to trade Anthony Brown. To trade, I don't know, uh, 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 Cedric Wilson, uh, Michael Gallup some draft picks like the Rams did, like the Tampa Bay Bucks did, and say, we're going all in. Everybody else around the league is going all in, but we're thinking five years ahead. We're going to be good five years from now. I don't want to be good five years from now. I want to be good now because I see what this team can potentially be. But Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, don't think that way. And they dropped the ball here. They dropped the ball because they were so confident in Terrence Steele and it bit them in the ass look, this defense is going to have these issues. If you don't see a turnover go their way, they're going to be bad. If this offense does not score 30 points a game, this defense is going to be bad. It's the same way that I explained the Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl game last year. You know, I made the argument that everybody's talking about the defense playing so bad against the Bucs, but this is what the defense was all along. This is not a oh my God, shocking moment, breaking news, this defense can't play. It's just exploited now because the offense didn't score over 30. Now that Patrick Mahomes isn't scoring four touchdowns a game, you see that, oh my God, this defense is worse than we thought. Well, yeah, because they've been disguised under a Patrick Mahomes level play of 30 points per game at least. And now you're seeing the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys. If you don't get 30 points from Dak Prescott, oh my God, this defense gave up 30-plus? They're they they're, they're going to give up 30-plus? They, they give up a lot of points? Like, why is this a shocking thing? The reason why they give up all those points and all those yards is because they're not a great defense. But guess what? It's because the offense that they're going against doesn't have a lot of opportunities because they get the turnovers they get those extra possessions to the to Dak Prescott and that offense which gives them more time with the ball which gives them more points and guess what you outscore the other opponent your defense doesn't look as bad on paper you know they can give up all the yards they want but your offense scored more points it, 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 it's great it's, it's all fine and dandy when Trevon Diggs is scoring a pick six it's all, it's all you know, peaches and cream. But once those turnovers don't go their way, this is what this defense is. It's a bad tackling, a big chunk yardage, big play given up defense that is relied or, or reliant on the Cowboys offense to score points and turnovers. If they don't get turnovers against the Falcons or the Chiefs, teams that do give up the ball. This is going to be a very exploited defense going forward. But enough about the defense. The offense, I've talked about Terrence Steele, and I think it comes down to that offensive line, is that if Dak Prescott doesn't have the protection, he's going to start thinking about protecting himself a little bit more with the ankle injury. He was still recuperating from the calf injury, and I know he had all the practice time this past week, but having him on the field in that fourth quarter was... The dumbest thing you could have done and this is where i get to my final point and the most important point when it comes to dallas cowboys and why i think i may not be all in on the super bowl contention yet i think they're a good football team but they're not a great football team like the bucks are like the cardinals are because those teams are ready for the playoffs the cowboys are ready to win the division and ready to play in the playoffs, but I don't think they're ready to win in the playoffs right now. And it comes down to Mike McCarthy. I am tired of these (sighs) arguments and and these, um, can't think of the right word. It kind of, I kind of blanked out there, but I guess this appreciation for Mike McCarthy, because I don't feel like he's done much of anything to really bump up this team to a different level. And it showed on Sunday. Look, Mike McCarthy is a laid-back type of coach. And I feel like this season, the success and uh, the better play on defense, the explosion on offense and the red-hot start, it goes toward Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. It does not go to Mike McCarthy. I think the best thing that Mike McCarthy has done for this team so far this season is the protection in practice time. You know, not a, uh, not overworking them in practice, giving them the days off, allowing them to rest. And I think that's a really good thing that many coaches should take uh, into consideration the rest of the way and for the future. You know, many teams should stop practicing that hard and, and just focus on doing great things in a limited amount of practice. Keep them steady, keep them focused. And I think he was doing a good job of that. But since the bye week, we've had multiple players say that in the two weeks with the Minnesota Vikings game and the Denver Broncos game, they've had bad weeks of practice. Bad weeks of practice time. They don't look sharp. They, they look lazy out there. That comes down to Mike McCarthy. And it, it, does, it does go to Dan Quinn Kellen Moore as well. But ultimately, it goes down to Mike McCarthy. And I'm not even really concerned going forward in the long term as far as the practices and the bad practices, you know, keeping them on their toes. I think it's more of these time management game time decisions that's gonna hurt the Cowboys going forward. You got out coached by Vic Vangio. Vic Vangio is on the hot seat in Denver. And if he has another losing season, I think he's he's gonna be out of there. Yet Mike McCarthy is considered one of the best coaches in the league right now and having a great season, how are you getting out coached by that guy? You know, like, the, these decisions during the game with the, the, the clock, you know, not using your timeouts or letting time go when you could have had another possession, and you're saying we didn't really need to, to have another possession offensively, but then you go behind your own word and say, I need to see the two-minute drill with Dak Prescott in the fourth quarter when this game is out of hand. You spent the entirety of the last two weeks saying we need to do the best thing possible to protect Dak Prescott. We need to make sure that he is 100% the rest of the way. This is not a weak thing. This is a season-long decision. We need to make sure that he is ready to go every single week and he's not banged up with that calf or any repercussions when it comes to that ankle injury comes back. I'm going to do my best to make sure that he looks good in practice and if he can't practice that he's not going to start in this game and we will make sure that he's taken care of okay great mike i agree with you and i agreed with the fact that you sat him for the minnesota vikings game i i am 100 percent behind that decision and i didn't think you were going to win the minnesota minnesota game but you did great for you congratulations and then you go into this week and say we're just going to make sure that dak's good and if we see that he looks good and there's no soreness in Friday's practice or after the Thursday practice. And he feels really good. And we see that he looks really good. I'll play him. But I'm, I'm just going to be very careful with Dak. You throw him out there in a blowout loss because you want to see a two-minute drill. Because you want to see the starters implement something that you couldn't do in practice. In a game that doesn't matter right now. How does that make any sense, Mike? How does that make any sense? You're trying to protect your quarterback for the past two weeks, and then you throw him out there with Terrence Steele, still your left tackle, protecting his blind side, which he couldn't protect. An unprotected blind side. And yet you still allowed Dak Prescott to be on the field. This is an Atlanta Falcons issue. You know, like Chaz Green could not protect Dak Prescott, and that game was out of hand very quickly. Why are you still keeping Dak Prescott out there? Why are you still keeping the first team guys out there? Because Zeke got hurt in this game too. And by the time that that third quarter rolled around, he's still out there. I'm, keep, I'm keeping Zeke on the sideline. I'm saying, Tony, this is all you. Tony Pollard, you know, you, you can get some, some more reps this game. And, and Corey Clement, I don't know if he was able to play on Sunday because I did see him on the injury report list. But, you know, have yourself a nice day because I don't want to risk Zeke getting hurt again. I need him for the long term. Yet you allowed him to go back out there. You're and, and and even then I, I don't think I don't think that we have talked about enough or anybody's talked about what if Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were a little more banged up than we thought going into this game? They were on the injury report list all week long and they were active. They were put active on the day of the game, just a few hours before. They were on that injury report list all week long, never limited. And we've known that Amari Cooper has the injury uh, history. And CeeDee Lamb, who is the number one receiver in my eyes, was questionable all week long. You mean to tell me that they were both great enough health-wise to play on Sunday and they were non-factors? And you mean to tell me it has nothing to do with their injuries? They were a shell of how they've played all year long. They could not get open. They could not create separation and they were dropping balls this was a mental and physical bad loss for the cowboys but i don't think that the management of the injuries was particularly good in this game mike mccarthy for me is the thing that's going to either hold this team back or exceed them past expectations either he's going to continue to be laid back and do his own thing with the fourth down conversions, or going for it on fourth down, and doing these time management things, keeping starters on the field and risking injury when they've already had injuries, and it's going to hurt them in the end because he's going to get out coached. Like I think he will against some of the best, better coaches around the league, like Sean McVay, like Cliff Kingsbury right now with his confidence, like uh, Bruce Arians, like he will get out coached by these teams. Or He's going to put his foot down and say, I've got to be better as a head coach. This does not mean that I'm going to change the offense or I'm going to change the defense, but I'm going to hold myself accountable, which means I've got to hold my players accountable. If we're having bad practices, that's on me. If we have a bad practice on Tuesday, damn sure we're going to have a harder practice on Wednesday. You're not going to get off scot-free from this game. I don't want it to be after this game, they say, hey, guys, don't worry. This was a bad game. Let's go into Atlanta and be fine. No. No, no, no. This is where you coach. This is where you say, guys, tell me what went wrong. Tell me what we can fix on. And I will implement that into practice. But I am not going to let you get off scot-free. I'm going to be a little bit harder this week because of how you played last week. That's my job. I'm not I'm not going to change things, but I've got to learn to adapt to situations. Not everything's going to be the same every week. And during the game, especially, there's been some credit going his way about how they have adapted and adjusted during the games. They've played much better in the third quarters this year than in previous years. And they've adjusted against the New England Patriots, against the Minnesota Vikings. They've changed some things up in their game plan, and it's helped them. They did not do that against Denver. They did not do that in the Jason Garrett era. And it cost them. I feel like Mike McCarthy is going to find himself in moments to where he's going to say, no, I think we're going to continue what we're doing. We're going to believe in this offensive line with Terrence Steele because I have the confidence in him. In him and we're just going to run it down their throats. We're We're going to run it when they have eight people in the box. And we only have seven blockers really, Mike? Really? Because that's exactly what you did against Denver. And it didn't work. You made Justin Simmons make an all pro tackle. And he can make that tackle because he's an all pro. Like one on one against Tony Pollard. You're going to leave it up to Justin Simmons to make that play. He's going to make that play because he's really good. And you say, oh, don't worry about it. They know we're going to run it on fourth and one down the middle, but we're still going to run it on fourth and one down the middle. No, that's where Dak Prescott has to say, no, no, guys, check, check, check. We're going to do a play action where I'm just going to throw a little fade to uh, to Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb. But no, they're going to run a Hail Mary on a third and 17. Got it. No, makes sense. Makes sense. D- don't Don't change anything up and don't change up the play calls. Like, if you're not getting the success down the field one-on-ones, where you can throw it down 30 yards, but you don't change it to where you just do a simple up and out for five, six yards just to get the ball rolling for CeeDee Lamb. You're going to continue doing the same exact thing. That's what Jason Garrett did. And that's why Jason Garrett's out out of Dallas. Mike McCarthy has to be better at recognizing when he's making mistakes sooner. It shouldn't just be, ah, it's an off day. Ah, we had bad weeks of practice and we'll be fine. No, no, no. Don't be lazy. Don't over-micromanage, but you gotta manage. You gotta do your job. And I don't feel like Mike McCarthy's doing his job to the best best ability. He's leaving it up to Dan Quinn, uh, or Kellen Moore, excuse me. I know it's kind of all over the place, but I just feel like... I know what this team can do. I know this team can be great. But there are definite holes and definite things that are holding them back that they know that they have acknowledged and they don't fix. This defense is bad at tackling, and yet they don't do anything in free agency or in the trade deadline to fix that by getting an experienced guy that can help them with that. They don't get uh, depth at that offensive line knowing that Ty Seki is your backup left tackle, and I don't want Ty Seki to be my backup left tackle, yet you don't do anything about it. You're complacent, you're okay with the guys that you have right now, and that's not okay with me, and that's going to bite them in the ass going forward. And it bit them in the ass against Denver. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to get better as a football team in the trade deadline, and you didn't do anything to get better as a football team in practice. The Atlanta Falcons game is a little concerning for me because Atlanta has been playing better this past season than they did last year. And Arthur Smith is getting a little bit of a, a nice hold on this team offensively. Defensively, A.J. Terrell's the only guy on this defense that can really do something. But if Terrence is my left tackle this next weekend, I might as well sign Adrian Claiborne again and sack Dak Prescott six times because that can happen. Acknowledge your mistakes, learn from your mistakes, and adjust. Don't just expect a different result with the same game plan that that just can't happen again and i don't want them to fall into this don't let it don't let it like transfer over to different weeks let this be a one off thing but don't just expect for the issues to go away now that you're playing a different opponent teams know now what they can do to beat you defensively what they can do defensively to beat you offensively if if you can get to dak prescott it's going to be a bad day for him He's not as great as he once was now that we can get to him and now that we can tackle him because he doesn't have Tyron Smith. Terrence Steele is on the field. I don't, I don't believe in this offensive line being that confident, especially with Connor Williams too and Lyle Collins who looked gassed this past weekend. But, you know, like we'll, we'll save that for the, uh, for the preview on the Atlanta Falcons game going forward. But I just, I just want to put in my two cents in how... I guess how important was this loss to the Cowboys going forward? I think this finally exploits the issues that they've had and the uh, winning streak and the happy times are over. Now they get to work as far as what they can learn from it. And I think this was a good thing. I've been waiting for the heat check for the Dallas Cowboys. Kevin's been waiting for the heat check. And maybe it came a little bit earlier for the Cowboys than expected. I thought it was going to be the Chiefs game, the Raiders game, or the Arizona game. Here we are in week 10 now and they got their heat check. I do think that they're still in a good spot. You know, these are good things to learn from and I don't think this is going to really, um, I mean, it's going to hurt them if they play against a really good team, but I I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but um, I I still feel good about this team. I'm not just going to give up on them, but Yes, they, they have plenty of stuff to work on, and now they know what they need to work on. It's just a matter of them acknowledging it and 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 focusing on it, trying to get better each day. But we all are, so we'll see what happens. It was week nine, so you know I'm not worried about it. This was a really bad week for a lot of teams, including some really good teams around the NFL. The Bills are a really great football team, but they lost to the Jaguars. I would rather lose to the Denver Broncos than the Jaguars. So at least we got that going for for ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Episode 251 is in the books. Later on this week, we will talk about the Atlanta Falcons game and previewing that. And then we'll get some uh, some other things going on the YouTube channel. Hopefully, um, some things going wrong at work, so maybe I'll have some free time going forward so thank you so much and we'll see you next time on the bubble up Sports podcast